0: Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded.
1: Welcome to the Mama interview, number 28 and it is my great pleasure to introduce Angela O'Brien. Thank you Helen, lovely to be here. (laughs) It's wonderful to have you. Um, Now the first question they ask everybody is how and when and why did you become a drama educator? um, uh, When I was a kid, I did something that is very old fashioned now, I did speech and drama. I love being an actor, I love being on stage right from when I was a kid. And there were no drama classes, nothing like that, when I was at school. But um, what I could do was this thing called speech and drama. And you, it was a, you could do it as a Year 12 subject. And as well, after you'd done that, you could do diplomas and things through the um, trinity college london and also through the AMEB, which which also had a lot of music things I so did, I that said, too. did you do it? yeah so anyway i did all that and then i went to university on a teaching fellowship which meant i did a 3 year degree and um, a dip ed and i was bonded for 4 years so i did that and i got my first job my two majors at university were english and History. There was no theatre, no drama, nothing at universities in those days. But of course, I did a lot of drama in my English course, my lit course, and also I was in a lot of student theatre. I was at Queensland University, so I came up the other end. I had my first job. Oh you're um, Queensland. I was at Queensland. So I'm a so I, was Queensland. I know you're a Queenslander. We've right. talked about this before. Anyway, I so I went. My first job was at Brisbane State High. You'd know that school. And then in my second year, lo and behold, I was transferred to Townsville Teachers College, still as, as someone bonded to the education department, as a speech and drama teacher, which was oh. kind of amazing. I was 21, so I was as young as half of the students there. And interestingly, another friend of mine who was one of the phys ed teachers at Brisbane State High was also transferred with me. So we two girls, we were twenty, we were both about 21 maybe, coming up to 22. We both looked about 16 um, and up we landed to the horror of the principal of the college who I think hoped he was getting kind of some nice, mature, sensible teachers of about 30 and instead he got these two kids. So then I was there for three years and I taught speech and drama. And then after I had done that, I, I did a, a postgraduate degree in, in um, dra- dramatic literature <clears throat> from New England University, but I always really wanted to do more practice. So I left uh, Townsville Teachers College after three years. I went to England. I did a master's, mm. which was part practice and part theory which was just what I wanted to do at Lancaster then I came back and then I guess from then on I really was engaged in teaching at secondary TAVE tertiary I mean I really did it all I first came back to Brisbane um, newly married um, to an Englishman who later did some teaching John Hillel some people may remember John And I worked at Yoronga High School. And I was one of six schools to begin the first ever pilot program in Year 11 and 12 Theatre Studies in Queensland. So that's where their equivalent of the VCE began. I only was there a year. Then I came down to um, Melbourne. And the first job I got was as an English teacher at um, Paran what was College of Advanced Education and then I was mainly in the TAFE area but did some other work in the tertiary sector. But when I was there I started what was called a tertiary orientation program in drama, which was like a year twelve program. And what we managed to do was we managed to do a whole year which was virtually English and I think an elective and then three drama subjects. So you could do this sort of year 12 equivalent and lots of people went on from there to VCA, to Rusden, to um, MCAE and I was there from about 78 till 84 and then in 85, I went to what was then Melbourne State College. And then after Melbourne State College, I sort of hung around a lot there, I guess, irritating everyone. But then when we amalgamated with the university, I amalgamated. And then I went to... Um, when, when the university took over the um, State College, as yes, it was then, yes. Melbourne yes. CAE, and you will remember those days, it was really traumatic. Um, first of all, they took over the whole area, the whole sort of creative arts area. And we were divided into those people who were kind of methods people or true at drama education and those people who were a bit more theatre. And I ended up in the theatre area and Kate Donnellan, my much-loved friend, ended up in drama education. And then um, in the end when they really closed down any of the discipline stuff, I then became head of creative arts at the VCA. And you'll remember yes, all of that. Yes. And then I was there, firstly at the VCA, for, um, for five years. And then we came back to the university. And I finally, that degree went, which was a pretty terrible story. I'll say something yes. about that later. And then, um, really, with the new Melbourne model, um, things closed down finally. I think we took our last intake in about 2005 or six, And really all pretty well finished by 2009. And I left the university and became a barrister. <laughs> Another realm of theatre. Exactly. absolutely. I know, except they don't know you're acting. Oh, but you do. Exactly, that's absolutely right. So that's how I became involved in drama education. And you, I think that really, even though I've been in schools in TAFE, I mean, my focus was always drama education. I ne- or, no, let me say, in the end, far more broadly, arts education. But that's a real commitment of mine. But interdisciplinarity is, I think, really important for teachers today. But that was my great love, that you could not only cross arts disciplines, yes. but cross all disciplines, but yes. really, drama relates so well... And to everything. To everything. And we had, when we were at Melbourne, we had an interdisciplinary degree with the, um, with the Bachelor of Education. So we had a Bachelor yes. of Arts, Bachelor of Education, double degree. We had one with social work. We got one with law. And we had, obviously, connections with arts and other areas. But I think that's one of the you know, drama has always worked as we know, not only as a, a discipline in itself, well it's multidisciplinary, isn't it, really? But as a as a method of working. Yes. And yes. and so many other disciplines have picked up that role play energy from drama to now work with in you know, in my field now, mediators all yes. train through role play. Yes. You know, that's just what they do. So that's the long of it. Well, oh, no, sorry. That's, <laughs> no, that's it's wonderful. Been... <laughs> it's wonderful. I don't I think we can skip what changes you've no, witnessed I to I do want to talk about that. that I the, yes, talk because about that because I, when people. I first went to Townsville Teachers College, remember there was nothing before other than speech and drama. And what we used to do in speech and drama, you did this as well. You used to enunciate nicely yes. poetry and drama and you used sort of act scenes from it all. Yes. But it was really very much Kind of a presentation thing without a lot of without a lot of other byproduct, I might yes, say. Yes, But when I first went to Townsville, I remember um, my job was to not only teach drama, but they were mainly primary trainees, but also to help the um, to help the uh, teacher trainees with their own voices and their own personal presentation. Um, But there was nothing like process drama. But in 19, I was there from 1971 to 73, and that was really when Dorothy Hethcote began. And I can remember showing a group of kids, I don't remember which year it was, 71 or 72, but it was early on, Three Looms Waiting. And that was really the beginning of that shift from A kind of a confusion about whether drama had any place in schools whatsoever, because there was no discipline, no discipline of drama, no discipline of theatre. It was all literature. But then once that started, drama really became um, the whole area of drama process developed. And that notion of drama process sort of has really carried through until the present day and it was from there that, you know, we began talking about teacher-enroll and a whole lot of other things that are just bread and butter. Um, but from there, other things happened. And particularly in my sort of bifurcated career, you know, was one foot in theatre, one foot in drama ed all the time. And, and that was that there was a whole movement towards cultural theory. Yes. And, it, and that, I think, was tragic because it was almost as though... Um, the whole notion of the the dramatic text. You kind of lost the dramatic text to some extent and people who were theatre academics, let's say, kind of began talking about the the cultural impact of the art of theatre and drama and really... The notion of detailed analysis of text stopped, yes. and I also think there was a period of time in schools when kids just didn't do much theatre anymore. They really did so much process drama; that was the the go-to thing yes, to do. Yes. And I think, thankfully, that balance now has really it shifted. And now I think young people in schools are doing a lot of process stuff and a lot of um, a lot of theatre work and a lot of study and of dramatic literature, which is great. And and that's really, I mean, the the two kind of VCA VCA subjects demonstrate demonstrate that. And then from there, of course, we came into another area that I think has really become huge, and that is applied theatre or applied drama, And that is that whole notion that drama has a place in working with, I don't know, you know, people in prisons or kids at risk or, you know, um, people, um, you know, um, young people who are not only disadvantaged, but, but, you know, disability, this whole disability area. So, and I think that's a whole other area that developed. Um, and it's a great area, and a great area for drama teachers to go into if they have that kind of real social yes. impetus, and offers wonderful opportunities for connections between the medical sciences, the social sciences, and 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 education. My little potted history. <laughs> there you go. Now you'll love this one. Tell us the highs and the lows of your career. Well, you can. I can tell you a lot of lows. I think you lived through some lows with me, Helen. We don't want to talk about some of them. Look, I, I actually think that that for me, I look, I all, I, I never ever lost my kind of um, love of theatre, and my love of dramatic literature and so for me I think to be able to work in an interdisciplinary way was were the highlights of my career so to be able to work with um to be able to work across process and discipline fantastic to be able to work to have to be able to teach people who were also doing um, as many of the students did at MCAE, who were also doing music or who were also yeah, doing yes. other subjects who maybe had a double discipline, double teaching discipline with, say music and drama. That was fantastic. But then to be able to work in the creative arts with people who were actually doing creative writing, with theater and with, um, and with you know, visual arts, and media—it was fantastic—and of course, the the whole change in the VCA, VCE, which allowed um, young people in years eleven and twelve to do a, to do a breadth yes. of art subjects, produced a group of young people who desperately wanted to work in a. In either an interdisciplinary way, so they wanted to create work that cross disciplines, or in a cross-disciplinary way where they wanted to really work with artists from other yes. fields to make really yes. new and interesting work. And I guess it's one of the things I certainly want to talk about when I talk about my advice to teachers. I think to foster and develop those connections within schools is just important in in our contemporary age for the educa for the, for the creative education of young people. Um, so that I guess that for me the highlight has been. It has been to do that kind of work, to find myself in a position where I could work in a cross-disciplinary way. And of course, I did a law degree you know, in the 90s when I was still working very strongly and in a dedicated way to drama education. And after that, I too, even though I didn't know it was called um, applied theatre, I had to have Philip Taylor tell me that. But I was doing something <laughs> very similar to it. Kate Donnell and I both were. So Kate and I did a big project in the early two thousands, working with kids at risk, bringing out kind of you know our combined skills together. At that time, I was working um, more in the discipline of yes. uh, the arts. Kate was very, very uh, arts education. And we worked together to do five years of research, working wow. with kids in juvenile justice system, kids on the street, a whole range of kids. And that was a fantastic project. Just was, as, as I guess the, um, the, the theatre space project research we did, where we looked at what sort of theatre kids in schools, or really 14 to 25-year-olds, what sort of theatre they like and what works for them and what that means for i guess us as educators and and theater makers so they were certainly highlights i mean i'll tell you the low points the low points for me was that there is a struggle if you work in the arts and if you work in theater to ever And I think this is absolutely true of schools as well, not to be seen as slightly crazy or eccentric or, you know, doing something that is without as much value as the humanities or the science, science, sciences, or again, at university level, doing something that isn't going to lead to a real job. And that uh, that's been the struggle I, that's been my struggle in the whole of my life as a teacher, lecturer, head of department and I think it's still a struggle for teachers in schools today where yes. they're trying to get um, where people teachers of the arts, drama teachers are trying to get their share of the dollar um, and trying to get support through the school to do the things that they need to do. So that's that's the low and the, the low is also in the university system, I think that that tra- teacher the academics who train teachers, so driver yes. education academics, somehow all seem always seem to be seen as the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And there's no doubt when, when the MCAE was taken over by Melbourne University. We were seen to be the poor cousins, somehow people who didn't do real work, didn't do real research, didn't do real anything, just did stuff that wasn't important. And of course, to be not only an educator, but also a drama educator, meant that to, to try to fight for grants, to try to fight for status, to try to fight for support, was very, very difficult. And I think that um, uh, it's, it, it, there, there has been quite a disrespect right throughout the education system for people who are working in arts education and yes. maybe more drama education than music education and visual arts yes, education because yes. those were the disciplines that always had more power, I think, across the arts. And they still do. And they still do. So that would be it. Yep. Okay. Um, I think we. I can see me. I'm going to say one or two. Yeah, go on. Yes. I have to. Go on. Actually, I'm going to give a. I'm going to give a memorable experience for my first year ever teaching. Oh. And I always, because I'd done all this drama and theatre, even though I had done this pretty straight arts degree, I always wanted to do. I just kind of got that idea of process drama before it was even a thing. And I remember that I was in an English class. And I had seen the play, um, the the play, I can't remember, I've got a brain like a sieve. The Samuel Beckett play about the old guy with the the audio tape, you know, who's taping himself. Yes, yes. Anyway, people will remember that. Um, and he eats a banana and he does this and and I was very interested in this so I went into an English class one day and I think I was trying to get them to do some writing so I didn't say anything I went in with a bag a paper bag and I sat down at the desk and I and the idea was I was going to just perform this little piece for them and then I was going to ask them to write about it so I took out the paper bag and I took out a banana and I ate the banana and I ate the sandwich and I'm I'm there, and anyway, the, the principal headmistress came on, <laughs> on the table and she said, "Who's been eating food in this class?" <laughs> uh, so, oh, I was twenty. I had I have this, this. She didn't quite know what to do. I said, "Oh, it was a sort of a experiment. I was getting the students to do some creative writing." Well, she looked at me as though I came from Mars. <laughs> or even further out and left the room. So that was a a very memorable experience for me. And I guess it was the thing is you always take a risk. I'd say to any teachers who watch this, always take a risk. Your life's far more exciting if you take risks. The other thing is when I went to Townsville Teachers College, I was very into doing productions, but we were still a bit old-fashioned. We still had backdrops and things. And I went out. I got all of the kids to paint a backdrop and they did it on the lawns of the college grounds. <laughs> they painted the backdrop. And when we lifted it up, the whole painting <laughs> was on <off> the ground. <laughs> so some later... I, was, I wanted to use a particular room to put on a play. And I, so I went, because we didn't have a theatre, so I went to the principal of the college, he was a principal in those days, and I said, Oh, you know, could we have this particular room? And he looked at me and he said, Are you going to muck it up like you did the Lord? <laughs> so, so. And the third story I have to tell you is it's not my doing, it was my students' doing. And we had a wonderful student called Fred Monteau in creative arts when it was just becoming part of the, when, you know, the creative arts course was under threat. And so the students wrote a musical called Melbourne Model. The musical. Did you ever see that? No, but I heard it was about a it. A most marvellous, marvellous um, musical, which was about you know the changes to Melbourne University, and the central character was the vice chancellor, and the, uh, there were other kind of senior members of the staff who were, who were, uh, well, who were spoofed. Um, well, it was it was a wonderful satire. It was extraordinarily clever. But when I when I went when I left the university, um, I something had happened and I that I was not happy with. And I went to speak to one of the deputy directors, and and I was talking, and he said he sort of said to me and you were the one who incited the the students to do Melbourne Model, the musical. I said, I wasn't. I wasn't, at all the students did that off their own bat. And, of course, they did. Just as they, when when the Deputy Vice-Chancellor gave a talk about the changes to the system, the creative arts students, mainly drama students, dressed in academic gowns made of garbage bags. And chained together, came in in a long line and sat in the front row (gasps) as the Deputy Vice Chancellor addressed them. And again, that was so wonderful because it demonstrated to me how passionate our students feel about the work they do and how they, if we work with them, are prepared to fight as well. All of our fights didn't come to much, but... It was a lot of fun. And, you know, for that group of students, just for some of my Melbourne CEE students, they now have a great website, and I had just recently another group of students who I think they had their fortieth. Can you oh. believe? No, maybe it was couldn't be fortieth. Maybe it was thirtieth. But it was really, you know, an anniversary. Long, long. Tw- no, maybe it was twenty-five. It was a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, they had. They all came from everywhere in the Victoria. Many of them were still teaching. Many weren't. And oh. they had a reunion to which I went. And they now, um, they now just keep talking to each other and relating so all of those sorts of things to make those connections to see people who were part of a year level um working together or working together in a course continue that lifelong relationship is just so fantastic yeah so your good work goes on well we all feel that as teachers yes. don't we i mean yes. that's why we hang in there maybe um, did you have any mentors or collaborators? Well, had I had heaps and heaps of collaborators, <clears throat> more than mentors, because in a way, I guess, I, I mean, my, I was part of that first kind of wave of people working in um, in drama education in the 70s. But definitely um, when I came, from when I was working um, at Melbourne CAE and onwards, of course my my dearest friend Kate Donlon she and i worked together from 85 right till when we both left the university and did a lot of teaching together and did some writing of programs and did a lot of research together um, I certainly also work with Chris Sinclair yes. and Bruce Burton, and up in Queensland, and John Hughes in Sydney, and, and of course people who are educators like Dave Kelman, yes. you know, who really is basically an educator but runs a drama education company, but does it very much as a teacher the way he works. Um, John Deville, of course. So so many people, but you. We've done work, you know, yes. so many people. I can't even begin to think of all the fantastic drama, you know, teachers and academics that I have worked with. And, um, and I'm forever grateful to have had, you know, the good fortune to work with so many wonderful people. Oh, thank you. Um, and let's see. Ah, what are you? Those secrets. <laughs> of oh, <people> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I thought about this. I think you've got to have a very thick skin to keep being a drama teacher, because on those occasions when you're told you can't have the hall tomorrow night, or you can't have that room, <laughs> or it's being used for something else—the federal election. Um, <laughs> you know or when you're told that they you know that in fact your budget's too big or you you know constantly there are challenges i think you need a thick skin and i think you just have to keep moving on and similarly when there is a sort of when you come up against the hierarchy um, of working in education institutions and your discipline may not be seen to be the most important you have to have a thick skin. Adaptability is important. I think you need to be able to move with the times I think you do have to be both both not only adaptive and responsive you kind of have to be proactive mm-hmm. if you work in the arts because in the end it's it's about creativity and I think we need proactive teachers who will be creative about the way in which they interpret curriculum, construct your curriculum and, and, and communicate it. Um, dedication, um, you've got to be dedicated to be a teacher. You've got to be especially dedicated to be a drama teacher because you work much harder than most other teachers because you just got longer hours. Yes. you just yes. got to turn up and be there for rehearsals and do all of that other stuff. It's like you're running, you know, a job where you've still got marking and all of the stuff that English teachers have, and then you've got all this other layer of stuff as well. Um, and it's sort of a doggedness, you know. Yes. I guess you... you there are so many times in every teacher's life, in every academic's life, when you just think, I am up to here. Um, and one of the reasons why I did law was I thought I am up to here. But I kept moving on. I kept thinking, I'm up to here. I just can't work. It's just too hard. But you keep hanging in. And, and in fact, in the end, I did. I never left till I was retirement age, not, you know, young retirement age, Helen. But you know, in the end yes. I had my full career before I left and in a way my, you know what I now have which of course we can all do is a retirement career and there are people who've been teachers who've gone on after to become actors and you know to have really committed themselves to a whole, a whole new set of yes. careers a whole new career. So, and what's your advice to the next generation? Okay. I think you've kind of said it, haven't I you? I have. I just want to say a couple yes. of things, though. Look, I, this whole notion of interdisciplinarity and cross-disciplinarity I think is the future for education generally and so i think that it's so important for drama teachers not to become corralled yes. within a within a school or within an educational institution but to try to work with people not only from the other arts disciplines and i certainly know that happens i mean you know the school musical which is kind of a really popular event in many schools always brings in hopes hopefully the music faculty or department as well as the drama department I think they normally work pretty well with dance people and often you know there are departments which are cross performance or cross arts so I think that's important but in other areas as well I think there's an an enormous amount to be gained by working with um with the other disciplines and with trying to encourage kids to understand that that a creative life is not just about only doing creative things, but working across and understanding a broad range of things that, they, that all disciplines yes. can interact with each other. Um, lifelong learning, I think that's really important for teachers. I think it's very easy. It's such a hard job not to just think, my God, I'll survive the job, but to take time for yourself to do some, t- some learning. Um, I think um, to try to work, to be always innovative, I've said that, and to, re- and to renew yourself in that, which I guess is the lifelong learning. Taking of risks, I've talked about that. I think if you're not taking risks, then probably you're just huddling along. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. And, and I think to um, to to recognise, just as my students did who had the 25-year anniversary or 30-year or whatever it was, that, in fact, you can... Um, you can really draw strength from your peers in the whole and that's why it's so great, Drama Victoria's so great because you can really always have someone or if you have got no damned idea what a case is about you ring someone and say, help, have you done this? Similarly, you know, I think we probably tend not to use our peers as much as as we could but it builds collegiality and it's helpful. Yeah, that's all I've got to say. I think about that. <laughs> and perhaps we'll just go to the last one. Um, and I know you were uh, you were involved with drama, Victoria, but you you've also had. Uh, look, I've... A Drama I've, Australia? I, I, well, of course, I was. my very first thing was was Quady. Right, Because right. in the early days, I was involved with Quady. I've been members of Quady and Drama Victorian, and Drama Australia, and I've been to many conferences, and that's always been fantastic, a great way of meeting peers. And it, that's why, I guess, I've been lucky enough to collaborate with people across... You know the states as well, mm. and that's where you meet people from other states at conferences, as you know. Um, I was in the very first steering committee for the development of the arts um, subjects for the VCE, and that oh, was wow. so long ago I can't remember. And then I was on a couple of the um, a couple of those panels, which selected play selection panels or selection panel, you know, panels for drawing up assessment back with Rod Parnell and Marita Ruda. Do you remember Marita Ruda? That's someone would be great to talk to as well. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then I did some assessing too for the VCAA. Um, and then I, I guess really when I moved into creative arts, I really didn't do any of the assessing. But, but I do remember that in the early days, it was, it was um, challenging and interesting. I think we really <laughs> were not quite sure what we were doing. But it's very interesting how, you know, how often, if you've had some experience, you've got some good experience, how you're thinking, oh my god, what's, you know, what's the other person, think, person thinking? And then when you actually talk about it, you're, you're at one in yes. what you think of, of the yes. student, and what, what your assessment is. So they're the various organisations I guess but and the best part of all that has just been again as I've said meeting people, making friends, yes, having across a, the world, having a network. And, and on that note thank you very much Angela for, oh,
0: for sharing your
1: life. <laughs> That's a great pleasure. Thank you very much for interviewing me
0: Helen, you're welcome. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the Aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.